When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The panel. Talk, talk, talk to me, yeah. Graham Beasley with us this morning, and uh, Andrew Gordy, uh, of course. Um, John Kerwin, uh, Sir John Kerwin, uh, Andrew Gordy has said it's in everyone's best interest now for uh, Roger Tuivasa-Sheck to be released back to rugby right now. Uh, wasn't in the blue squad to face Crusaders at the weekend. Signs uh, or the writing on the wall there for RTS. Do you agree with Sir John? It feels like it, doesn't it, Smithy? Um, I, I, I do agree with him because, look, if, if the whole point of Roger remaining in rugby is to see out his commitment to his own goal, I suppose, which is to play for the, for the All Blacks at a World Cup, I think the writing's on the wall here and, there's, and there's, I think there's a pragmatic, pragmatic step to be taken. The writing on the wall is that you can't play for the All Blacks at a World Cup if, you, if you're not good enough to... Sorry, not good enough. If you're not being selected to play for your super team, it's as simple as that. Um, there's, there's no way that just to justify that selection from Ian Foster's point of view. Um, if, if Leon McDonald can't justify having him in his matchday squad, now look, there's still several weeks of this competition still to go. This situation might change. We don't know, I suppose, exactly what um, is going on behind the scenes at the Blues, but you'd like to think that maybe questions are being asked um, because if, if Roger knows what his future is now, we all know what Roger's future is and he can help out the Warriors this season, then I think it's in everyone's best interest to at least ask that question. Um, I suppose the other point, the, the significant point to ask, ask here is can the Warriors actually get him? Um, can they afford him? Uh, do they have room in their salary cap to simply add him to their roster this year? Um, that's the other big part of this equation for me. So, yeah, lots of questions that need to be answered. Mm, okay, Graham Beasley, what's your take on it? Yeah, I mean, I think the last point that Andrew made is the, is the key one, is whether whether the Warriors can can fit him under the salary cap for the rest of the season. I suppose, I mean, I was hearing you talking to Jeff Wilson earlier on. There is the issue of the Blues wanting him there as cover, um, in case someone goes goes down with injury, so I can see that that would be one reason why they may not be keen in letting him go. Um, but I suppose the compromise there would be he stays with the Blues until the end of um, Super Rugby, so that's what another four to five weeks, um, assuming the Blues don't make the final, um, and then maybe he goes over to the Warriors at that stage, and you know there'd still be a significant chunk of the um, of the NRL season to go. Um, you know, at the, um, at the start of June. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it is a great debate, I've got to say, um, of all the text, um, the texts that come in, I would say Roger Tuovasashek and the issue around him and his uh, selection and all sorts of things would occupy, I'd say, a third of them. There you go, that would be my conservative guess. Bring up RTS and you get um, response in there. Um, Graham, what about this uh, wonderful um, sprinting sensation, um, Zoe Hobbs? Gone under the uh, 11 second barrier again. Admittedly, it was uh, wind assisted, um, but uh, very, very impressive. 
Um, and uh, we can see her, I think, confidently say we can see her in a 100 metres final at the next Olympics, surely, the way she's going. Um, it's a great story, isn't it? And, and as you say, she just does seem to get better and better the whole time. Um, you know, every, every meet she takes part in, she seems to be improving her times, etc. And, yeah, imagine having a New Zealander in a 100 metres final at an Olympic Games. I mean, it would be quite a highlight, really. I mean, I think it would be a bit much to sort of hope that she might get a medal, but I think to make a 100 metres final at an Olympic Games would be a real um, uh, a highlight in uh, New Zealand sporting history, really. I think it's uh, such a glamour event. It is that well, it's it's not quite the blue ribbon event. Um, I'm not sure what is now in the Olympics, but uh, would be an interesting discussion in itself. But uh, Gordon, um, you'd be very interested in this uh, young lady's progress. Oh, absolutely, Smithy. Uh, I think everyone should be. I mean, what she's the sort of performances she's putting in on the track, and and I and I should reiterate, consistently putting in on the track. You know, none of these are. None of these are just out of the blue performances. She's she's consistently putting it together, which suggests that um, she's obviously got you know outstanding technique, explosiveness, um, and, and she's delivering at, at the very top level. And you know, as Graham says, I mean, it would be absolutely sensational to have a New Zealand athlete uh, in a 100 metres final at, at an Olympic Games. That would just be incredible stuff. And and you know, especially given. You know, New Zealand's rich history when it comes to especially middle distance running um, to then have someone branch out uh, in the track and field world and and show show their ability in, in this format uh, of athletics would be just, yeah, something, something really special, I think. And, um, yeah, who knows what she might be able to achieve um, in Paris in a year's time. It's, um, yeah, very exciting stuff. Right, Andrew Gordy with us this morning and uh, Graham Beasley will take a, a very quick news break and when we come back, uh, I'm going to talk, uh, and we haven't put it on the menu for these two guys, but super rugby coaching appointments, shall we say, or people eligible to fill the positions. How many will we need? That's becoming very, very interesting. Uh, it's uh, 10.30 here on SENZ. The panel. Right, our panel this morning is uh, Mr. Graham Beasley and uh, Mr. Andrew Gordy and Mr. Andrew Gordy. Uh, I'm not quite sure um, if you've uh, given this a heck of a lot of thought, but you might have. Okay, so we need three super rugby coaches. We know that uh, going into next year, it seems anyway. Uh, then, of course, uh, you've got the scenario where Aaron Major is, uh, and Minor Pacifica are, are pretty much going nowhere. Three points already so far in the competition. Then you get the fifth one of uh, in, in New Zealand as such, and you look at um, the positioning of uh, Clark Dermody's Highlanders, and they're at this point unlikely to make the playoffs. So Clayton McMillan's a given. What are we looking at here? This is a massive uh, job, I think, for New Zealand rugby to find possibly five replacements. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting dynamic that's emerging here. Um, and and I do sit here and wonder whether this is a concern for New Zealand rugby at all or whether they can afford to be concerned about it. And I'll explain what I mean by that. You know, we, we had these stories a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, about Dave Rennie obviously turning down the Blues to head to Japan, Jamie Joseph. And I don't necessarily think that anyone was expecting that Jamie Joseph was going to come back to Super Rugby, um, but he obviously then committed his future to Japan. You have a lot of, of 
IP and experience uh, among the New Zealand coaching fraternity who are now applying their trade in Japan. Now we have a situation where Scott Robertson um, is obviously leaving his post and he's, he's hoovered up two other super rugby coaches um, to be part of his All Blacks team. And, and I get that. Like, New Zealand rugby, on one hand, must look at that and go, that's exactly what we want. We want, we want our coaches flying their trade at super rugby level, betting in, getting that experience, and then taking the next step. Because we were openly critical of that, weren't we? But there seemed to be this idea that coaches had to go overseas and, and, and then New Zealand rugby would hire those, those coaches to be the All Blacks coach. So we can't sort of be critical of it on one hand, but then, you know, wring our hands uh, when, when the very opposite occurred. But... There is a vacuum there, isn't there? And and you sit there and you wonder who is going to fill those vacancies. Now, you know, I'm sure you naturally are going to look at at the next tier down, the NPC level coaches, because that's just effectively where every single one of these uh, you know current Super Rugby coaches has come from, haven't they? Um, and mm-hmm. you know, Clayton McMillan did it, Scott Robertson did it, Leon McDonald did it. So who is to say? that any of those coaches aren't going to be capable of making the step up. There may not be the sort of big names, I suppose, um, sitting among them like, you know, sort of Leon McDonald or Scott Robertson, you know, these former players who achieved or or really excelled at super rugby level, won multiple titles and played for the All Blacks and things like that. But that doesn't necessarily mean um, that there aren't great coaches sitting there. Like, I know there is obviously a huge rap on Tamati Allison, um, particularly down there at the Crusaders. I know he's obviously got the Wellington job. When it comes to the NPC, I wouldn't be at all surprised um, if he became the next Crusaders coach. Now, whether other other franchises decide to head in that direction as well, and essentially from promote within the New Zealand rugby system, um, will be very interesting to see. But I do wonder whether at some point, if, if the situation gets desperate and there isn't the confidence uh, among the franchises or, or at New Zealand rugby level, I suppose, whether they might need to dig into their pockets to attract some of that premier talent back. And I sort of, I'm not necessarily talking about, you know, um, coaches of the ilk of Robbie Deans or, or Jamie Joseph, Dave Rennie, Wayne Smith, those sorts of characters. You know, they, they've sort of been there, done that. I don't think they need to come back and do that. But there are other coaches um, who you might say haven't achieved uh, at the pinnacle level of the game yet that are sitting um, and playing their trade in Japan. You know, whether New Zealand rugby mm-hmm. might look at that situation and go, can we lure one or two of them back? Because not only would we like them at super rugby level, but we'd also like them to be in the conversation when it comes to ultimately one day um, replacing Scott Robertson. So I think that might be something they, they will have to think about in the not-too-distant future. I, I agree. I, I think it's, uh, all of a sudden uh, the exodus might be greater. Graham, what do you make of that? Yeah, well... Um First of all, I'd say that the Chiefs must be pretty short favourites to win um, next year's Super Rugby title, really. I mean, you know, having, having the established coach who's been so successful and really seems to have um, uh, got that team humming, and with all the other New Zealand teams likely to have new coaches, and I agree that I think there could be five changes. Um, I think the Crusaders will be fine. They'll, they'll just poach whoever they want and, and they'll keep on chugging. But, um, but the other, um, the other franchises are, are really going to struggle. I was actually talking to this with some people on, um, Saturday afternoon, um, specifically for the Hurricanes. The obvious person to move up there would be Crowley, um, having taken Wellington to the double last year. But he's, he's on the farm. He's, you know, he's, he's, He's got his feet up. He said he doesn't want to coach anymore. So um, I think they'll struggle to to drag him out of retirement. So then, as Andrew says, you know, you've 
got to start looking overseas, really, and um, trying to bring people back. And I agree that there'll be new people, not not the likes of Joseph and Rennie, etc. So, um, yeah, it, it, it certainly is going to be interesting times. It, it seems as if the Blues are uh, um, already actively looking at it. I don't really see so much that the other franchises are. Um, and whatever happens at the Highlanders and Moana Pacifica, I mean, boy, there's some... Um, They've certainly got to make some changes, I would have thought, in both of those franchises. Yeah, um, just had a text in from Craig, actually. Is there uh, any reason why uh, the Super Rug, uh, the All Black assistant coaches, particularly this season coming up, whether they can't remain with their particular franchises? I'm not quite sure that uh, that is the brief within uh, All Black assistant coaches. I think they've probably be uh, sitting at a lot of games alongside Scott Robertson, I would be imagining, and uh, trying to work through plans. But... Uh, we'll see, um, but it uh, it might be more than three they're looking for. I think it's as plain as that. Right, uh, let's have a look, Graham, at um, who you think may well be um, a nice candidate to, to replace David White, and what's for you the David White legacy? Okay, to answer the second question first, um, when Robert Muldoon came to power in the 70s, he said that his objective was to leave the country in a better place than where he found it. Now, that comment may not have aged that well, but I think that's a good way of judging um, a leader's performance. And if you look at the state of New Zealand cricket when David White took over, they were basically bankrupt. Um, the Black Caps team was particularly dysfunctional at that stage. You know, they had the... Remember that guy Little John that was hanging around the team for a while? There was a whole Andy Moyes, player power and all that kind of stuff. It was in a pretty desperate state, really. Um, and, and he's left it in a much better state. You know, they're, they're now financially sound... They've tied down some long-term sponsorship deals. Obviously, the broadcasting thing, there's a bit of luck to a certain extent that he's now got three years of free-to-air coverage coming up. Um, and during that period, even though the White Ferns didn't go so well, but the um, but the uh, but the Black Caps, you know, an extraordinary um, tenure, really. Um, you know, winning the World Test Championship final, making three white ball finals, etc. So, um you know, it was it was a good period. So I think he can be pretty proud of what he did. Yeah, you know, there were a few hiccups along the way, obviously, but um, it was yeah, it's a it was a positive era. As for someone to replace him, I really don't know. There's no obvious candidate to me. Um, I heard someone suggesting Roger Twos, um, you know, because he comes with that sort of business background. Um, so he could be a possibility. I think he's pretty close to New Zealand cricket as it is. Um, I don't think they should go back to Martin Sneddon. I think, you know, again, it's it's a bit like those rugby coaches that we were talking about. I don't think you want to go back to the future sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, there are no real names that um, that are leaping out. Someone just uh, suggested Lee Jamon in my ear. In fact, we had a text the other day. He's uh, with New South Wales. Uh, it'll be interesting, Gords. What have you made of the situation now? Yeah, I, I think this is really, really interesting. And I, and I think New Zealand cricket is under a great deal of pressure to get this next appointment right. Look, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and wax lyrical about um, David White's performance. I think he's, you know, he's done a reasonable job. He didn't get it all. He certainly didn't get it right all the time. But I think on balance, he, he's done a reasonable job. The biggest challenge they're going to have about when it comes to replacing David White is the fact that he has been in the job for such a long time. And, and, and New Zealand cricket has seen the benefits of that. David White, the one thing I w- will say that he's done very well is he's established very, very strong relationships uh, with the key, uh, key other, other nations, I suppose, particularly India. Now, when it comes to future tours, 
there's some some of the big boys, you know, when we're talking about England, India, Australia, and whatnot. There's some there's some countries that they just don't really bother going to, but they do come to New Zealand, and that comes down to relationships. That comes down to deals that are done essentially in hotel bars and and, and that sort of thing, um, because those relationships are strong. And if you look at the New Zealand cricket picture at the moment, you've got David White, who's obviously been the CEO for the last 11 years. You've got Martin Smith, who's the chairman. He's obviously got a very rich history in the game as well. But he's, as Graham quite rightly points out, he's been in the game for a long time, and you can't necessarily imagine that he's going to be in the game for an awful lot longer either. And then I suppose the other key sort of administrative, uh, if I can put, use that word, figure in the game is probably Heath Mills. And, you know, he's closer to the end of his uh, tenure as head of the Players Association than, than the start as well. So you've got this situation brewing where a lot of experience and IP, some of the previous conversation we were having around coaches, are getting ready to walk out the door. And that, that could create a very concerning situation for New Zealand cricket. And I do think it will mould um, the, the, the characteristics and the experience of the person who comes into this role next. I don't think they should necessarily go for someone who has uh, a great history necessarily in business outside of sport. Um, you know, it won't work getting a, a business banking CEO, for example. And I don't necessarily even think it will be worth chasing a CEO who's been successful in other sports. They need a cricket person um, because they need someone who's going to be able to pick up some of those relationships or be able to call on um, those relationships from, from, I don't know, sort of previous positions. And that's why, I've got to be honest, uh, Lee Jamon was actually the first person that sprang to mind for myself because he will have relationships that certainly exist within Cricket Australia at the moment and further afield. He's obviously a former player himself. Um, so I think that sort of person uh, could 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 come in handy, I suppose, for, for New Zealand cricket. Um, the only other person that actually sprung to mind who, who who exists within the current sporting framework, I suppose, um, is Adam Lee. Um, he's obviously sort of a young, up-and-coming CEO um, with the Hurricanes. He's worked for World Rugby, um, but again, he's light on cricket experience, but... Yeah, sort of coming back to that point, I think they are going to need someone who's got that cricketing experience. And, for, and again, sort of for that reason, coming back to your point, Graham, I know why you say perhaps, you know, you don't want to go back to the future. But even if Martin Sven was seen as sort of a short-term fix um, until they had someone within the organisation who they could then get to ascend to the CEO position may not be the worst idea. Yeah, I think he could be interim. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he could wear both hats, Chairman and CEO, if uh, if needs uh, needs must. But uh, I think they 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 yeah they do have to uh, branch out a wee bit and um, consider a lot of options after such a long tenure by David White. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much. Andrew Gordy and Graham Beasley have been our panelists this morning. Uh, excellent stuff. Thank you. Uh, I'll try to have another panel uh, tomorrow morning at some stage uh, during the week.